0: Hello there, this is an incoming transmission from Obi-Wan Kenobi. Welcome to the Credible Nerds Podcast with Mark and Justin. This is the podcast you're looking for. Don't go about your business, stay here. Well, go about your business and listen, and then you can move along, move along.
1: And may the force be with you, always. Welcome everyone to the Credible Nerds Podcast. This is episode 42 where we revisit The Rise of Skywalker. It recently came out on home video and digital release. And one thing we like to do here at The Credible Nerds is when the movies that we like come out on home video, we review them again to see how they've held up over the last few months. So we're doing that with The Rise of Skywalker. My name is Justin and my usual co-host, Mark, he's on a special assignment for the Jedi Council and he was unable to make it to this review. So I invited two Padawans to join me here on this review of The Rise of Skywalker. We're gonna have Blake and Nathan join us. Uh, they are longtime Star Wars fans and have been involved with the franchise for quite some time, so we're going to get their thoughts and input on this last Star Wars film and how it's been for them throughout this whole journey and what they thought of the film when it was released in theaters and how well it sits with them You know, about four months after its initial release. So first off, Blake, uh, give us a little background on your Star Wars history, how you got involved, when you got involved and just throughout the years, how did you end up liking it? it? Generally speaking, we'll get into the details later.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I I grew up in the... I was born in 76 and grew up in the 80s. And and uh, probably there were two movies that I remember. The two first movies I remember going to was Return of the Jedi and, uh, and The Karate Kid, you know. Yeah. And uh, so you know, Star Wars has kind of been something that's been, you know, that part, part of our lives growing up. Right. And the interesting thing about it is it's, it's, it's broken into these three different sagas and, and, uh, or three different pieces. And, and and so as a young kid, I saw, I saw the first three, of course. And, and then just as I was dating my wife, the, the second three started to come out and, and now I'm, as as they've as they've uh introduced the the last three um you know those are the ones i'm sharing with my kid and and uh you know i checked ashton out of school a couple of years ago the uh, as one of the star wars came out on his birthday checked him out We went and saw star wars together and so it's kind of a rite of passage a little bit and and uh i've seen all of them you know many times uh but um yeah, I think it's it's something that became more of more, you know, more more than a movie and more of kind of a, a cultural part of our lives, especially those of us who were who were born in the 70s. So, um yeah.
1: Okay. Uh as as far as things outside of the movies, do you watch any of the television shows like The Clone Wars or The Mandalorian or do you collect Star Wars memorabilia, anything like that?
0: So so uh, yeah, we we've, we've gotten into especially with Disney Plus, it, it it makes a lot of those pretty easily available. So we watched The Mandalorian, uh, really like The Mandalorian, and starting to watch the Clone Wars and and uh, uh, some of those other, and then the other two movies that came out, uh, Rogue One and and Solo. Uh, both of those were really cool, and I, I like those because it was kind of an all bets are off kind of thing, right? It's yeah. a little bit separate from the from the traditional uh, uh, storyline of of, uh, of the other Star Wars movies, and so you know those were pretty interesting, new characters and and uh, you know kind of new possibilities. So yeah, we're uh, we, we watched a lot of the other the other shows as well. Um, you know, play a lot of the video games. I got a nine year old son, and he's pretty into all of that, and so we do that. As far as collecting, I grown up as a kid. Um, I don't know what was wrong with me, but instead of collecting Star Wars or Star Wars toys, I was collecting He-Man toys. And so, <laughs> you know, I'm still waiting for Masters of the Universe to get remade.
1: Yeah. I've heard rumors it's on the horizon.
0: Yeah. Yeah, me too. So.
1: All right. Cool. All right. So, Nathan, kind of the same thing. You know, have you always been involved with the movies with since 77? And kind of what's your Star Wars journey? Yeah, so like Blake, uh,
2: you know, I was born in the early '70s, in '73, and, 73, and uh, like many Star Wars fans, I remember seeing uh, Star Wars, uh, now Star Wars: A New Hope, you know, in the movie theater, and I'll never forget, like many Star Wars fans, that opening scene with the uh, with the scroll as it goes across the screen and trying to keep up with reading it, and then seeing. Uh, the uh, the the ship as it flies across and it's getting attacked and and you see that that star destroyer what we now know as the star destroyer as it rumbled all across the top of the screen almost like it felt like it was coming over the top of your head and just how it kept going and going and going and going and you thought it would never end and the, just the 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 the, sh- the scale of it and uh, from that moment on, I was hooked. It was just mind-blowing to me. And the whole Skywalker saga, you know, And like, like many uh, of us, you know, I, I wanted to be uh, Luke Skywalker. I, I wanted to be, I wanted to have the Force and, and learn everything about it. And as the Empire came out and Return of the Jedi, I just felt like, uh, you know, those, that was a universe that, you know, like many of us, we all wanted to, to live in and, and, and secretly wish we were a part of, uh, and then, uh, and then growing up when the next three, when the next trilogy came out, uh, like Blake, I was a young adult now and, and, uh, and enjoyed those three, but, uh. But as I've mentioned uh, in discussions we've had before, you know the perspective on uh, these movies uh, has been interesting in, to me to to be a part of them, and and Blake kind of touched on this a little bit, but how the time and distance between the releasing of these uh, these the three separate trilogies, how you're viewing them at a different time and age in your life. You know, gives you a different perspective, and, and I'm sure we can kind of go more into that as we as we uh, discuss it further. But uh, just a, a huge fan uh, of the, not only the Star Wars universe, but of course uh, a lot of those things that were popular in the '80s um, that uh, we've all enjoyed. And uh, I wouldn't call myself an expert. Um, but I think I would. I, I did try to my best to follow the lore a little bit. Um, I did play. And uh, I remember in high school, I had some friends, and we played what I guess would be the Dungeons and Dragons version of Star Wars. Uh, I and uh, that was fun. So some role playing games. Is that the uh,
1: Wizards of the Coast stuff? Do you remember? You know, I could.
2: I couldn't tell you the name. You know, I, I had a friend who was. You know, he would always kind of run, run the, run the uh, stories, and we had, and I had a character, uh, but it was in the Star Wars universe, and we would, uh, we played a few times, uh, and then, uh, you know, I, I, I too enjoyed playing some of the early PC games before consoles were popular, and uh, doing that as well. Um, so yeah, just always been a fan, just kind of always, you know, spoke. The, the that universe and and the stories they just kind of always spoke to to my heart
0: you know the phantom menace caused uh, the first fight that Marie and i ever had <laughs> because it came out and it was a, i mean it was the first really big deal movie probably kind of in recent time uh where it was like midnight movie people dressing up and all those things and so we got i got midnight tickets and uh I told Marie like, hey, we're going, you know, and yeah. and uh, she had something else going on that night and she couldn't go. And, and I told her, well, I'm still going. And <laughs> so I went with a friend and uh, oh, man, she got so mad about that because uh, <laughs> Star Wars was more important than seeing it with her for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> so she talked to me for like four days. That's funny. <laughs> but I still I made the right decision. Oh, though. yeah. I do know that
1: clearly. Did you, were you and guys married at the time? No, we were we were dating. dating. Yeah, yeah. Oh.
0: so that 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 could have been the thing that yeah. that prevented us from getting married. <laughs> but her dad actually had to talk to her about it. Like, <laughs> hey, you got to let this go, man. <laughs> it was like four days.
1: That's <laughs> ah, the best story I've ever heard.
0: Yeah, yeah. Which... bring it up to her; she'll <laughs> yeah. still fume, man. You'll still see the steam. <laughs>
1: Which theater did you guys go to?
0: We went to uh well, and back then the theaters were they weren't like they are right now, you know. Yeah. I mean, we went to the one uh over man, everything's changed so much. Um over off of 5400 South and Redwood Road. Okay. Yeah. Not the man, but the other one there. I yeah right by where that old wingers was it's a verges now i guess so yeah we saw that one and that's i mean that's the funny thing like when we went to movies when we were kids it was like you know the old school theaters the screens were smaller there wasn't 3d there wasn't you know dolby surround sound and i remember you know taking our kids to the to the you know the the first of these last three star wars movies and and uh I mean, the experience is just so much different, you know, yeah. it's, uh, but, but yeah, that, that's where we saw it. Okay.
1: We went to the one on state street and 33rd South. The, is it Cinemark?
0: Those, oh yeah. Those,
1: they were brand new at the time and we went, I didn't go opening night. Um, I think we ended up, we went Saturday night at like 11, me and my wife before we were married. So but she didn't get mad at me. She just fell asleep. Yeah. <laughs> so I was mad at her for falling asleep.
0: <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like, wasn't that one of your tests.
1: Yeah. It's like, we'll see. We'll see if she's marriage material.
0: But Yeah. <laughs> That's funny.
1: All right. Well, so you guys have been in the Star Wars universe since you were kids. I think we all have pretty similar stories with at least the original movies you know saw him as kids grew up wanted to you know be the characters be Luke be Han uh, that sort of thing and then about the same stage in life when the prequels came out uh, I know there was a lot of people didn't like him uh, because of just mostly like Jar Jar Binks and then Anakin Skywalker was a kid and he wasn't you know, this mean guy. So turned off a lot of people that just wasn't what they had pictured in their minds growing up all these years. Um, and then after episode three, you know, Star Wars was done. And then the Clone Wars was, was still going on, which is hit or miss with a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of fans. And then we got the announcement that, you know, Disney was buying Star Wars, buying Lucasfilm. And they were gonna make seven, eight, nine, and the fandom reared up, and everybody got excited. And with The Force Awakens, I've you know made like two billion dollars in movies ticket sales, and everybody was back on the Star Wars train. And just this past year, 2019, uh, they finished the Skywalker Saga with Episode Nine. So we'll talk uh, about that mostly. Just um, did you guys? Were you excited for it? Uh, there was a lot of people didn't care for Episode Eight, The Last Jedi, and then Solo came out, and a lot of people weren't too hot on that one either. So there was a lot of trepidation, and people were wary about Episode Nine. And just wondering what your initial thoughts were with with the Rise of Skywalker. Uh, for me, I was I was kind of in this that boat where I wasn't. I was cooling a little bit on the saga as far as uh, episode 8 kind of put me in this funk, but I was still looking forward to see episode 9. And I was there opening night, saw it I think 3 times in the theater, so you know, I was I was in, I was bought in, but just kind of what were your guys' perspectives going in to episode 9? Let's start with you Nathan.
2: Well, you know, what's interesting um for me was um uh, and, and i touched on this earlier was all, all the time that i've watched the star wars saga as i followed the star wars saga in the movies uh, that you know each each trilogy came out in a different time of my life and and I, and i think as the second trilogy and even the third trilogy came out i found myself always trying to kind of recapture that magic and always compare uh, those trilogies and that experience to to what they were when I was uh, a, a young kid, and uh, and I, I I had to stop myself and, and try to remember that you know my perspective and my view of of these um, by simply aging is going to be ch- is going to change, and I, and I didn't go into them with. Uh, and and innocence like I did as a child, but rather a hope or a feeling to to recapture an experience. And I know that you know the Star Wars movies have always been um, a a storyline that could be uh, very polarizing. Uh, people will always love the universe, but they don't. But they're they're hyper critical uh, of of the saga at the same time. You know, I I personally didn't have a problem with the second trilogy as far as the story goes, but I did struggle with how it was presented. Um, And then to get to your question, uh, as I watched the third trilogy and ultimately the final episode, uh, nine, I found myself kind of... uh, Really struggling with the fact that uh, the 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 movie number eight really seemed to take the story in a completely new direction, which seemed to be uh, apropos for the times that we are living in. And, and I could and and at first I I struggled with some of it, but but I got it. I understood it to with the idea or the principle to to make it look like. That that the force and or the Jedi, uh, and or uh, everything that existed, it, it you don't have to be unique or special uh, to be able to have access to that, and that you know that anyone can anyone can play a role for to be a force for good, right, uh, and. And I appreciated that, and I thought it was great. Um, but I knew that it would be a, a, a tough storyline to, to follow when, when, as a child and as a young adult, you, you kind of look for stories that have that hero. Because when you list, read a book and or watch a movie and or try to, to live in these universes, there's a part of you and the reason why we do that is to escape right we want to we kind of want to escape our our lives for a minute and and imagine what our lives would be like and or uh, what our life would be like and almost in a way imagine ourselves as as the starring role in these in these in these movies and so when the last episode came out knowing that the the, the, the direction that the previous director had taken it, Ryan Johnson, you know, it was going to be interesting to see how they continued that story. Um, I was definitely disappointed, you know, and Mark Hamill even kind of commented in some of the interviews he made about how in that movie, this is not how a Jedi would act. But, you know, he uh, and he, he struggled with the story and I and I, I kind of felt the same, uh, but as I watched episode nine, I have to admit I was like, "Well, it's a good movie, right? It, it's in it, and it it's a great movie, and it it, it does what it needs to do. It, it takes all of the loose ends and ties them all up and makes it out. Everything work out just fine and answers all the questions and and Really, what else are they to do? Because not only does it end a trilogy, but it ends a nine-part movie series. And and what other options do they have? Yeah, that's
1: a tough job, no matter who you are.
2: Exactly. And so for Abrams to be able to kind of take over the reins after Ryan, he he definitely uh, left him with some challenges uh, and I I don't know if there was any corroboration on on those parts I think Ryan Johnson kind of took he, he kind of created his own story and took it his own direction which I didn't necessarily have a problem with but probably made it much diff- more difficult for the final act to be kind of uh, cup brought to a close and uh, and JJ J. Abrams certainly had a huge, task on his hands to do that and he did it i think he he pretty he summed it up as best he could but i can't help but feel like it was a little kind of cookie cutter a little a little like you know here it is and a nice perfect package all tied up and presented to you and here it is the end yeah and uh you know it, it is it what it is what it is and and it it did what it did and it, and I'm fine with it. But as I have mentioned before, you know, being a forty-something year old watching these movies, you're you're never going to watch them like they were when you were five, eight, ten years old. Yeah. So you need to let go of that and just and just watch them and not try to recapture that, but enjoy them for what they were. Yeah. So
1: for you Blake, what were your thoughts yeah. going in and what where were you at in your Star Wars headspace, I guess?
0: Yeah, so so I mean for me I think there was still a lot of that excitement. I uh I mean I this is something like like you said this this is something that's been going for for 40 years now, right? And so, you know, I had a lot of excitement just just to see how all of this ended, and and really these last three movies, you know, these are the ones that continue on from the first uh, three, right? And so we've been waiting for this since we were, you know, ten years old or whatever. And so uh, I, I was still super excited about it. I I think you know what 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 Nathan said is so true. You, you know, when something becomes such a part of, you know, pop culture and 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 people get so passionate about it um that that's a that's a hard place to you know to operate in i think as 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 movie makers and you kind of saw it with with george lucas when he when when they you know brought out the the second three movies you know people were just there were the expectations were so high and people wanted what they saw 20 years before but they didn't they wanted something new but they wanted something the same and i think when when uh the force awakens came out you know people really loved it because it brought back that that formula and those original characters and 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 everything and and everybody was so excited about it but then coming into uh the last jedi there was criticism about the force awakens well that was a lot like a new hope and and you know, it'd be great if they gave us something new. And so yeah. <laughs> with, uh, with the last Jedi, the one thing I really appreciated about it is it all bets were off, right. It was, it was, a a little bit different, um, story arc and, and, uh, and so, yeah, it was polarizing, but, but I kind of really appreciated it for being something new, a, a different direction and, and something a little bit, uh, you know, uh, knew from, from the force awakens. So, so I was pretty excited about the last one. You know, I kind of agree with Nate too, that when when I did see the last one, there was so much they had to do. It's kind of that fan service challenge I think that they had. And, and there was so much they had to wrap up in 40 years of, uh, of storytelling and relationship that they had with the fans. And, and so for me, um, yeah, you know, I'm sure we'll get into it a little bit in more detail, but, but for me, I, I, you know, I appreciated it for, for what it d- did and what it had to do. And, and, you know, I think uh, like Nate said, we're watching this as, as 40 year olds now. And, uh, but we're also watching it with our kids. And so, you know, as I'm kind of watching Ashton and, and it's blowing his mind, you know, as, as we're watching this and all the twists and turns are, are new to him and, and everything and so so that 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 was kind of a little bit of an added uh you know an added enjoyment that, yeah. you know with the story so yeah
1: okay so it sounds like you guys are both looking forward to it and as well as I was and we're interested to see how it turned out um I I don't remember before the, uh, the last jedi I always got the impression that they were going to do uh, episodes 10 11 12 because they never talked about oh we're just doing this one trilogy and then the Skywalker saga is done. And then we didn't start hearing the end of the Skywalker saga until they started promoting episode 9. I was always in, under the impression that you know the these first 7 8 9 movies they were going to tie it in with the legacy characters with Han, Luke and Leia and then they do another trilogy with the new characters and then maybe close it out at that at that point so i think after the backlash of the last jedi and how solo didn't do very well the box office i think that's when they were like okay now we got to wrap up let's just wrap everything up in this last movie and call it good and then we'll go in this new direction you know there hasn't ever been a official statement or anything like that but that was kind of the impression i've gotten living through these last five, six years of of this these new movies. So it, it was a hard task for J.J. J. Abrams to be able to not only, like you said earlier, to wrap up the this new trilogy, but to wrap up the saga. And so I think that's why they ended up making a lot of the decisions they made with, for example, including Palpatine in it and then killing off uh, Ben Solo or Kylo Ren. And it's just, you know, those big choices that they ended up making. So I think they kind of painted themselves into a corner, and it limited the story. But I, I still enjoyed the movie. Uh, you know, I've seen it several times. I bought it for home video. I'm going to watch it several more times. So it's not that I don't like it. I just kind of wonder if it was, if it could have been better or not, so. But as far as The Rise of Skywalker goes, when I first saw it, I went in and I was thinking, wow, this movie's really fast. It's covering a lot of ground. And it just felt rapid fire. Boom, boom, boom. And then all of a sudden, it's over. And they did end up covering a lot of ground. It seems like they tried to put two movies into one or one and a half movies into one. Did you guys feel that at all? Like, at least the first time. As I saw it. More times I didn't, I was able to you know digest it better. But what were your? Did you feel like they were covering too much ground? Uh,
2: I did. Well, I don't know if they would. I would. I don't know if I would describe it as covering too much ground. But I I certainly do feel like, and this has been this has been again said before. But you know, the introduction of Ray's character. You know, she did seem to be almost a little too, uh, she almost seemed to fit into the, 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 the puzzle a little too perfectly. Um, and I think sometimes, you know, we, as, as an audience, we're looking for the individual who doesn't fit in and, but, and doesn't fully recognize or realize their potential, but yet as, as, as they progress through their story, they discover not only that they discover within themselves an incredible amount of potential, and and someone brings that out of them. And with Ray's character, it seems like that never really happened. Uh, you know, she never really had a, a mentor um, that on screen, right? Uh, I, I she certainly had mentors probably in her life, but I don't know if that message was brought across. Uh, you know, on the screen and and she seemed to just kind of automatically be almost like this this perfectly molded character who kind of just adapted uh, throughout uh, the the series. You know, again, i've I, I enjoyed the movies, uh, but I, I certainly was uh i certainly struggled a little bit as as i watched them with how how this how the characters were presented uh but in the end i I always go back to the simple fact that you know it's star wars and and how can you not like a star wars movie right
1: yeah so this this saga as i've rewatched, you know seven, seven eight and watched nine a couple more times it's it's apparent that this is Ray's trilogy. This is Ray's journey. Much like the original was Luke's journey, the prequels were Anakin's journey. Um, so this was Ray's journey. Do you guys feel? Sounds like you, Nathan, that you didn't feel like they were able to flesh that out as much as it should have been, or it could have been better developed. Or
2: I, I definitely think it was Ray's journey, but I don't know that. That that they presented the story a- enough where we could really get to know her. It seems like kind of what you touched on in your introduction to the topic. They seemed to fast forward, you know, as we watched Luke develop his character um, in episode uh, four and five. That all seemed to happen in the first fifteen to twenty minutes of. Of the rise of of the Force Awakens, um, and uh, and 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 she's on the Millennium Falcon, and and she's with Finn, and they're and she's part of the Resistance, and and they're flying off to to get BB-8, and is, I, I felt like man, that was quick, and uh, and she's already you know an expert pilot which you know they talked about skywalker and how he was supposed to be a good pilot but but to the best of my knowledge she hadn't flown out of and she hadn't left the the jack in a ship since she was a little girl and she's already flying through light speed through and it's just like and, and that happened like in the first 15 minutes of the force awakens and then it's and it where it felt like you know that 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 was flushed out more slowly in, in the original trilogy. Ray is just kind of like, bam, she's there. And now we're getting on to the big picture. And with the force awakens, uh, it turned out to be kind of a rehash of episode four, just a bigger, bigger, more powerful death star. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, so for me, I, I kind of wonder, this has been a little bit unique from the, from the, uh, the first trilogy and the second trilogy because the, the directors have changed, you know? And so I, I, I kind of always wonder if when the force awakens was, was made, I, I don't know if they kind of had the entire arc fleshed out or, or kind of, you know, I, 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 imagine that there was going to be, you know, some of those conflicts for Ray that, that came out, but, uh, that's, I, you know, I know in the, um, uh, the rise of Skywalker, um, they, they played on, on Ray's past and where she came from and who her parents were. And, and, uh, um, so I don't know if, if with The Force Awakens, that was kind of the plan. You know, we don't know what her past is. There's a mystery there. And and she starts to develop as kind of the hero here. And and then her past kind of comes back to, to haunt her or, or, or bring question into, you know, kind of her destiny. I, I don't know if that was always the plan or not. So, so I didn't really have as much of a, a, a concern about that. Um, and as they did bring it in, in the third one, it was kind of one of the, you know, fun, fun storylines there, uh, that, that really her, you know, she's a Palpatine and, and, uh, um, and, you know, kind of that reveal and, and, and the challenge she's, I, I think that could have been a little bit meatier, you know, but, but I thought it was, uh, an interesting approach and, um,
1: Meteor in what way? What do you mean by that? Like
0: maybe it goes a little bit back to what Nate kind of mentioned for, for me. I, I never really had doubt, you know, I remember seeing the, the trailer for, um, uh, for the movie, uh, and, and there's a scene where, you know, kind of, she, it's, it's her in her kind of Sith form or, or, whatever. Um, and you know, there's a little bit of evil there and, and, and everything, but, but, I never personally felt like, yeah, there's some question about Ray. Who knows how Ray's going to end up? I always kind of felt like, you know, she's, I mean, you know, she's going to, she's, she's not going to go over to the dark side and, 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 and she's going to remain the hero in this story. And so I guess when I say meteor, I, I feel like there wasn't quite enough conflict or quite enough like, I don't know, there, there wasn't quite enough doubt in, in kind of where she came from and and what that might do to her and, and kind of her destiny, yeah. if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, yeah, it does. Like, I, I agree with you. I never felt, while seeing the the dark side Ray and her uh, conversations with Palpatine at the end were, were cool, I never, like you, I never was like, oh, she's going to turn dark. Part of me wanted her to, but I knew that would, involve another trilogy and i knew they weren't doing that so you know she was gonna overcome evil in the in the end anyway so yeah i get what you're saying
2: yeah it's uh it, you know it was the it was the final chapter of the trilogy and final final chapter of the saga and it would you couldn't really go into that movie without the expectation that would it would have a, a a a twist at the end, right? I mean, it certainly could have happened, but, but it was highly unlikely. And and with, with the dark Ray, you know, that in the trailer, I I don't, it almost seemed like kind of, they were trying to hint to something, but not really fooling anybody. Uh, And I, I don't know which convention it was, but when they teased that Palpatine was coming back in the, original trailer i think at was it comic san diego comic-con one of the comic-cons
1: it was at star wars celebration
2: star wars celebration that that they brought back um palpatine and who when they ran that original trailer you know that certainly was shocking i I don't know that people expected to see that but once they did you were almost kind of like well we know where this is going (laughs) and you know, and I, I, and I would almost venture to say that's the state with a lot of movies today. The trailers almost seem to give away too much information. Um, but I, I will say this, though. When The Force Awakens was being talked about and Disney was taking over Star Wars, there was uh, a lot of, you know, and this is a sign of the times, right? You know, uh, YouTube videos. Um Something that didn't exist, obviously, in the younger trilogies, but uh, the previous trilogies. But there was a a meme, so to speak, that showed um, uh, the actor from with Matthew McConaughey and the movie Interstellar. They showed a scene of him out in space watching the trailer and just tears coming down his eyes. Right? Um, did you guys see that? That that uh trailer like i have to look uh,
0: that
2: up so it was when the trailer was rise of skywalker or uh, the force awakens rather when it was first released uh, that people took the clip of him matthew McConaughey's character uh it's the scene in that movie interstellar where he goes he's he he comes back from being down on the planet and like 30 years has probably passed yeah and he's going to watch you know these video emails from his kids, and he sees they're all grown up, and and he has a grandkid now, and he just bawls and bawling his eyes out. Right. Well, someone obviously put in the clip from the Force, uh, from the uh, Force Awakens, and you know he gets all emotional. And I felt the same way. I mean, I when I first saw that trailer of the Force Awakens, it brought back similar emotions to me. I was like. Yes. This is like it was like oh this is it man, and uh, it was it was incredible how these trailers do that, and then you get all hyped and you go in and you go and you sit down and you watch these movies and you're just like on the edge of your seat because you know and then and then things start happening in the movies that you're kind of like turn your head at you're like wait a second what was that what did I just see, and and then it kind of sucks kind of sucks the enjoyment out of it. And it's so important that you go into these movies and take that critic that critical mind out, and just watch them for what they are. Otherwise, you won't enjoy them. And yeah,
1: so we talked about how we feel about Ray's journey, in, especially in this this last movie. How do you feel that the other characters were dealt with, with Finn and Poe and uh, Kylo Ren? I think they were there, the other major characters throughout the trilogy do you feel like their journeys were addressed in this last movie where they left wanting um i guess especially with kylo ren he had the the biggest change i
0: think out of all of them uh, what are your thoughts on that so so with kylo ren uh, he i always thought he was really an interesting choice you know and uh knowing him from you know other uh, other works and girls and things like that. and But man, I, I, I always really liked him as Kylo Ren and, and, uh, I, I you know, it, it was an interesting thing. He, he played this balance of, of, of being kind of this damaged identity and, uh, but also just having this rage within him. And I, I, I really, you know, enjoyed watching that, that kind of play out and, and with him, you know I, I i think well it all kind of culminates there is you know kylo ren's uh fighting with ray on the on the death star and and uh you know he kind of has that a, a real similar experience to what he had in in the force awakens right he has the uh the interaction with with han solo and pretty similar right to uh uh to what happened in the force awakens and and uh you know to kind of see to see him come back at that point and, 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 you know, that, that was, that was a cool scene. I like that scene and I'm glad that, you know, and it was, it was even like word for word, right? Like yeah. I know what I've got to do. I don't know if I have the the, the strength to do it. Um, I am glad he didn't stab Han Solo <laughs> again, though. That would have probably <laughs> damaged me beyond repair. So. I'm glad he didn't do that, but but I, I liked watching watching you know kind of that that evolve and um, you know I also kind of liked uh, the connection. I really liked the connection that him and Ray had. I thought it was um, really interesting. It, it started with uh, uh, the Last Jedi and and then kind of continued on here where you know they have this connection and and they're interacting with each other even when they're in different. Uh, in different places and, 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 you know, had a lightsaber fight in two different places. And, and and then, you know, that connection becomes kind of a strength as they, as they, you know, fight the, uh, Emperor Palpatine, the Sith. And, and so anyway, I, I, I liked watching that. I liked watching their interaction. I know some people didn't, you know, kind of had some challenges with that, but I, I really liked it. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I I really thoroughly enjoyed, and and I know in, earlier we talked about how this was this this trilogy was Ray, uh, you know about Ray and and her journey, but I but like like we said also that it felt like there was a lot of, a lot of that journey we didn't see on the screen, um, but in in hindsight. And um, it, it feels you could almost make the argument that this trilogy was more about Kylo Ren and his journey than it was about Rey and, and the struggle that he went with. I mean, if we were going to make a comparison between the original trilogy and this, um, you know, episodes uh, four, five and six in comparison to the last trilogy, uh, and, and if Kylo Ren is the version of Darth Vader, we, we saw nothing uh, in, in that in-depth of Darth Vader's character in the original trilogy uh, as far as where his motivation was and what, where he came from and what was going on in his, inside his head. But we did see that with Luke. And you could almost, again, make the argument that with Kylo Ren's character... He was almost, he could have, Luke could have just as easily followed the same path that Kylo Ren did, but Luke could have gone down the dark side at a young age and then seen his struggle to come back. And, And that's exactly what happened to Kylo Ren. And we really saw that struggle within him and that relationship develop as he dealt with Snoke, as he dealt with Darth Vader and his ghost and his ghost And his relationship with his parents Han and Leia I can't help but feel like this last trilogy even though it was presented to be about Rey and her journey really on screen it would seem like it's more about Kylo Ren and him and his journey and going from the bottom and then and ultimately rising to the top so You know, the title of the last movie was "The Rise of Skywalker." But who really rose from the ashes? Was it Rey or was it Kylo? Because it seems like Kylo was the one who is a true Skywalker, right? Who was the one who really rose to the in the end to overcome his his struggles and to help Rey uh, in the end. So so really who who is the skywalker who who what is this movie about I, I can't help but make feel like it's more it was more about Kylo Ren and and his journey than it was Rey's
1: Yeah I I was aware of everything you said but until you put it in that perspective in the whole trilogy aspect I I never thought of it that way I think Kylo Ren's story is kind of the inverse of Anakin's story where he started out good, at least in the films, started out good and ended up being the bad villain. Well, this trilogy, it's, it's, you know, the opposite. And yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, Cause you know, episode eight is kind of the, it's the crux of Rey and Kylo coming together and deciding what path both of them are going to take. Ray is tempted to, to join Kylo because she doesn't have family, but Kylo's willing to take her in and train her and be that teacher that she didn't have. And Kylo is, you know, having conversations with Ray, and Ray's telling her, hey, you should come back to the light side. And so they kind of cross paths right there, and they both can make one decision or the other, but we see what happens is they kind of stay the same. And then in Rise of Skywalker, they're both presented with that same um, challenge, the, those same choices, and this time Kylo Ren is able to to switch over. And I always knew they were going to have some sort of redemption. At least that's the the feelings and the the hints that I was getting throughout the trilogy, is that Kylo Ren would be redeemed. And I didn't see how they could do it before this movie. Uh, it just didn't. It wouldn't make sense to me. All the scenarios that I played out in my head or talked to people with it. It didn't make sense, and I didn't see how they were going to do it. But the way yeah. that they did it, it was perfect. I didn't question it at all. Like when Blake was talking earlier about meeting up with Han Solo, I didn't question it at all. I was like, "Yep, that's how it has to be done."
2: Yeah, yeah. I I I, I do struggle. it, it Personally, in reality, to 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 believe someone could come back from murdering their own father, right? right. That, that is that is a struggle, um, and they had to really figure out a way. And, and we know Harrison Ford, um, it's no big secret, kind of always petitioned for uh, that character, uh, Han Solo, uh, to to end. Uh, and uh, even from an er- early stages in the saga, and where that ended, and I think it was cer- certainly apropos that that event occurred um, to see, and, and really was a gut wrenching moment, and and made for a great cinema, but ultimately, how do you come bring a character back from killing their own father, and and you know, and they they you know they had the scene in the last skywalker where kylo has kind of a, a discussion with with han solo's character and and we know it was kind of an inner discussion where he came to uh he had to come to some sort of resolution within himself for what he did um and that's something he'll always have to live with right or his character will have to live with and it, it's it, it, i think it's hard to do that but we really don't have a choice, do we? Yeah. Uh, I mean, we kind of have to accept it for what it is. And, you know, and, and I think the way they presented it, that Kylo Ren's character was not Ben Skywalker and that he, they, you know, and that's, that's how they presented it in the movie, right? That they are two different characters and Kylo Ren died and Ben Skywalker came back and Ben Skywalker didn't kill his dad. I'm, I'm Ben Solo, rather. Excuse me. Ben Solo did not kill his dad. Right? Yeah. He uh, Kylo Ren did.
1: All right. So Finn and Poe. We'll touch briefly on them. When I first saw the the Force Awakens, I wanted. I was expecting Finn to be a major player. That he would either train with Rey or he would do his own training and become a Jedi. They all but hinted at that with him taking up the lightsaber and, you know, having a duel with Kylo Ren, which we'd never seen before. A a non-Jedi or non-Force user uh, do that. But um, so I I was disappointed at the end. He he hints at that he can feel the Force. He can use the Force to some degree. and, And then that's kind of the end of he becomes a leader in the resistance, which is cool he transitioned from first order trooper to resistance leader so that was a good journey Uh, but I wanted more from him I wanted to be kind of there in the original trilogy there was uh, Han and Luke both big players both big characters prequel trilogy it was Obi-Wan and Anakin and I wanted it to be Rey and Finn that they were the two heroes and Know, they were on this journey together they were but we really didn't get that big of a payoff with finn at the end of the day so
0: uh, yeah it kind of seemed like they I, I kind of agree with you that that's what i was expecting to happen and instead of kind of exploring, it almost felt like instead of exploring kind of his connection to the force they they introduced uh that other group of 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 stormtroopers and kind of almost reconnected him to the stormtroopers that 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 had you know I mean and, and I thought that was cool that they showed you know this isn't the only stormtrooper ever that that questioned what they were doing and 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 made a change you know but but it almost seemed like they. Yeah, I thought they were going to go right, and they went left, and re- kind of reconnected him to you know to his his stormtrooper past and 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 that other group of people. That was interesting. Yeah,
1: that's kind of why I want another trilogy is to explore his Force connection, you know, his character. But I don't know; it might happen. Yeah, we'll see.
2: Yeah, to kind of answer your early question about the these characters i i felt like uh, uh poe we we never really learned anything about him but at the same time how can you you know how can you go down that road um it's just it, it's just too much and would require a whole nother movie and and the same thing in the original trilogy right we would you when you watch it you're curious about han's a solo's backstory but there's no way that they could have gone into that not not to the satisfaction uh, of the audience so you know maybe someday they'll get their own movie but uh you know how how can you touch on those backstories but you know i agree with poe's character um you know i never really saw him as a jedi um and the but what it was interesting I'm sorry, Finn. Yeah, I, okay. as far as Finn goes, I, I never really saw him as uh, as becoming a Jedi. Or, you know, he certainly may have been uh, force sensitive to a certain degree. But it was curious to see that he had a similar background that Han Solo had, who also have spent a period of time as a stormtrooper. But I, I was curious or interested in the uh, Rise of Skywalker. How they had Finn's character when they're, you know, in the sand falling and they all think they're going to die. Finn turns to Ray and it's like, I never told you. And he and he like he wants to say something to her. And then they go through the sand and then and they, they end up living. And we never, ever do they ever touch on what what that is. And Poe even asked them, what, what were you going to tell Ray? What was the thing that you're going to tell her? And and you would think at the very end of the movie they would have had an opportunity for Finn to express whatever it is he was gonna express. But it's almost like the movie ended and someone who and they were like, Oh, we forgot. Hey and it's like, Oh, we forgot to put in that scene where Finn tells Ray what he was gonna say, but they're like, Ah, you know what? Never mind. The movie's over, we can't go back and put it in, it's done. Well they and did, so we
1: they did put it ahead. in a novel. Oh, okay. So, I think your theory might be correct. (laughs) So, so,
2: so, enlighten us. What, what was in the book?
1: Well, you know, there at the very end, when everyone returns from the big battle, and Ray, Finn, and Poe meet up, and they have that hug there at the end. Finn starts to say, "Hey, Ray, I never told you," and she just says, "I know." And through the Force, they kind of feel a connection there, so they don't even have a conversation about it. It's just they know through the force that Finn can use the force. So it's not even clearly stated in the book, but it's heavily implied and all but said verbally. And it, oh. It's very short.
2: And is there a connection of him to her uh, as far as admiration or amorous? Is he is he uh, or no? Because it's, that's it's just friends. That's what the assumption would yeah. is made, right? Yes. When you're when you're about to die, you don't turn to someone and say, "Hey, Ray, I never told you this, but I think I feel the Force." Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. you. When you're about to die, you turn to someone and you're like, "I never told you this, but before we die, I want to make sure you know I loved you. I, I'm in love with you." Yeah. <laughs> you don't. Yeah. So that seems that seems silly. Yeah.
1: And after what we saw in The Force Awakens, with there was a connection there, whether it's just. Hey, you're you're attractive. We we just met type thing. Or Absolutely. if it Absolutely. Or if it develops, but it was there in the first movie and the start of the second movie with, you know, he wakes up from his coma and he's like where's Ray? Where's Ray? I need to find her. And yeah. then it never went anywhere. I was no. always disappointed in that.
2: Yeah. And I, I don't know what the what the, the logic behind that was. Did I miss it? Do I wish there was a relationship between Finn and Ray? No, I, I don't. But uh, it seems like why go there if you're not going to develop that, that plot line or that storyline? Why continually hint at it just and, and then and then just leave it alone? It seems like a waste. Well, I'd-
1: I think there was a, just a lack of romance throughout the whole trilogy. Um, we had it in the first original trilogy. We had it, obviously, in the prequel. And in this trilogy, it, it was Kylo and Rey kind of had a thing, that's weird attraction, and then they kiss at the end. But in the book, again, the book describes it as... They were kissing as someone who admires the other. It's a friendly kiss, and so again, why even have that happen if they're not going to have a romance? And I, th- I feel like that was a that was missing from this trilogy. Um, there just there was no emotions, emotional connection between any characters. That I guess Rose and Finn kind of had this connection in the Last Jedi, but I never really bought it. And it never
0: yeah. went anywhere. Yeah, so. me either.
1: Yeah, I, I, I will say this. My
2: wife and my daughter, the uh, The Rise of Skywalker is their favorite movie and it all hinges on that final scene and the two of them kissing. <laughs>
0: yeah. So so do you guys do you guys remember the movie Labyrinth? Yeah. Yeah. With David Bowie and and yeah. uh, Jennifer Jennifer oh, Conley Jennifer and Conley. David Bowie. Yes, uh,
2: yes. Kenneth,
0: You know, David Bowie's like the Goblin King or whatever, and I remember when I was like 10 years old, my sister, who was like 20, took me to that movie, and at the end, the movie ends, I'm 10 years old, my sister, unmarried, is 20, and we're walking out, and she's like, why didn't they kiss? And I'm (laughs) like, the 16-year-old babysitter and the Goblin King? (laughs) (laughs) And she was like so heartbroken that the two of them didn't kiss, and so... I, when these two did kiss, I thought about that. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, it it, it did feel a little bit out of place for me. But but uh, yeah, a lot of people. Ashton didn't like it. He was like, gross. But everybody else, everybody else liked it. And I and I mean, I don't know. I guess they fiddled with that connection for for so you know for the last two movies, and you know them kind of joining together and. And, uh, she mentioned, you know, I would have taken your, your, hand, I would have taken Ben's hand. And, uh, I guess that was kind of a way to, 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 wrap that up and, and kind of give him a full, a full redemption, I guess, um, before he died. Yeah. But. Yeah.
1: All right. Um, and then a big surprise for me for this film was C-3PO. I mean, I, I don't think we've seen him this involved in the story since Empire Strikes Back, episode 5 from 1980. Uh, maybe Return of the Jedi a little bit, but he had a big role to play in this film. And I was, in the prequels, he always came across as annoying. Like, I found C-3PO more annoying than George R. Binks. And he was just kind of there. But in this film, I enjoyed his uh, Anthony Daniels' performance of C-3PO and his role in the story. And it was pleasant. I was pleasantly surprised to see him and his performance there.
2: Yeah, I, I you know, I never really, you know, I think George Lucas was quoted as saying the original trilogy um, episodes uh, 4, 5, and 6 were really more about these two droids, right? I think he has said that. But I think he probably has said other things as well, you know. <laughs> so spending too much I mean,
0: time on that ranch. Yeah.
2: yeah, I mean, it's like well, will make up your mind. Who is who are are these? Is this about the Skywalkers? I mean, who is it about? You it's know,
0: about
2: like, all of us. Is, yeah, exactly. But yeah, you know, it it, it did seem like the C three PO R two uh, D two relationship uh, was obviously lost in the. Episodes 1, 2, and 3, and then, of course, in 7, 8, and 9, where we had that kind of comedic duo and, and the characters relying on them. And at some point, you know, R2-D2, obviously, always having to plug in download plans or open doors. And, and that certainly, we didn't really see that in uh, 7 and 8, obviously. Uh, BB-8, of course, kind of took over that role. And R2-D2's character seemed to be lost um, in that in that relationship. And, and and again, you can't help but wonder and feel like there should have been a more emotional attachment. You know, when Luke, you know, it seems like with Luke's character, R2-D2 was like uh, like a man's best friend, like a good old dog, right? And when he sees him on the Millennium Falcon, he's just like, oh, hey, buddy. And it, it appears that that R2-D2 was with Luke, when he was training Kylo Ren and, and they had the, the mass rebellion and R2 is there with Luke th- throughout and Empire Strikes Back in a very close relationship and, and he was pretty much missing from this last trilogy. Yeah. Um, so to see, our, see, to see C3PO take on the role that he did, it, it was interesting to see that, um, but I didn't really notice it like you did and this kind of plays maybe into a different discussion. But, you know, there's uh, with some of these characters that that were introduced, I think a lot of times there is a hole that needs to be filled. And and the way they they bridge those gaps is with these characters. So, for example, you know, they had to figure out a way to have, to get to get the group to the planet where C-3PO could be downloaded and so the only reason why they would do that is have him not be able to decipher the, the blade, have to have him go there to do that. What I'm curious about, Justin, is, is just at the end of The Force Awakens, and I know they probably covered this in, in some literature that I'm not aware of, but, but C-3PO has a red arm, right? But yeah. and he and he says he makes a comment about it in the movie and says, uh, "But we'll tell that another story or another time."
1: Yeah.
2: And maybe that what and maybe they maybe the point of that was to tell it in a comic book, which is I think is where it came out in. Yeah. But they they never did address it again in the in the next two movies. So what what's the story with C three
1: PO's red arm? I didn't read the comic book. <laughs> I wasn't no. okay. I wasn't too interested in it. Uh, All right. Yeah, but I know there is a comic book. I've, I've seen it on the shelves or whatever, but haven't read it. I just know he has a red arm in the middle of the movie. And then at the end, when Ray's taking off in the Falcon, he's there waving his arm, his gold arm. So yeah. he fixed it at some point. <laughs> and I don't and, really know the point.
2: Exactly. And, and to dedicate dialogue to that, right? To be like, to, in the movie, to be like, oh... You probably notice I have a red arm. I'll, I'll, you know, that's. I'll tell you what happened, but that's in another story. Yeah. And then to never go back to it, just kind of illustrates a, a common theme in this last trilogy. They seem they bring things up, but then they never. If you're not going to address it,
0: then why bring it up? Yeah, I kind of wonder, you know, on that, on on something like that is. Is that a little bit like fanboy service or, or, or something? I know sometimes they try to throw little Easter eggs in that that only you know somebody following the comic book would would get and and it's a little bit of a a nod and a wink to them i I wonder if it was something like that or not yeah, I, that's on a, this one. good know. point and
2: and that's true and good point uh, absolutely and i and I certainly can appreciate that.
1: Yeah, and I know they do that at some at different storylines or different characters uh, to bring that in, but I think with the C-3PO red arm thing, it was a comic book after the fact, kind of like, maybe it was always in the plans, but as far as the release of the comic book, it was later, so. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so C-3PO's back. He has good some good lines, uh, some good part to play. I would say for the final character, Palpatine, you know, did we need to bring him back? What was, did it, did it uh, work for you guys? Do you feel like it was good to see him back on the screen? Uh, Was it necessary? Kind of that whole, as far as how he fit into this story, did it work for you guys? What do you think, Blake?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it was worth the the price of admission just to see that mangled finger on his <laughs> left hand. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was that was the creepiest thing <laughs> I've ever seen. But um you know I I mean I I think that g- it, it gave a little bit of uh weight to 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 Rey and and her journey to kind of you know to to be a Palpatine and to you know have that connection with him and and you know I've always kind of thought like Darth Vader and 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 Kylo Ren and and those two in particular they always had good in them and it was always about that struggle right but when it came to Emperor Palpatine and 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 kind of you know those true you know Siths that I, I I mean there was I never saw any good in him, you know. So he's a pretty evil guy, and, and uh, so you know to bring him back, I, I thought that was a a good holler back to a pretty good villain, and, and it created a good connection for uh, uh for Ray. Um, so yeah, I, I liked it.
2: Yeah. Okay. I I didn't mind it, but I, it kind of goes back to some of our earlier discussions. And the conundrum that may or may not have been created with Ryan Johnson and um, and the killing off of Snoke in the second movie. So, and to Blake's uh, comment earlier about when they make these movies, were did they make them with all three stories in mind, or was J.J. Abrams left with a dilemma? with with the killing of snoke in in the second movie of this last trilogy and was what was ryan johnson what what was his intent when when he made the movie that he did he knew that there was going to be another episode he wanted to take out snoke so i would be curious to know what he, ryan was if he was going to direct the third movie what was he setting up was he setting up a, a, a an ultimate battle between Kylo and Rey yeah. um, uh, by by taking out Snoke? And uh, I mean, what? And, and we'll, I don't know if we'll ever know that question. But if if, if asked to direct that third movie, what, what was what what would he have done? Um, and 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 now that and since he did they kind of had to bring someone back because at the same time, the Ryan Johnson took Kylo Ren's character and made evident on the screen that Kylo Ren's character was, was struggling with his decision that he made to, to kind of commit himself to the dark side. So how can you make Kylo Ren this ultimate evil, you know, the, the, the catalyst uh, of the final movie When throughout the second movie, you're showing him teeter-totter back and forth on whether or not he'll be good. And and now he wants Rey to join him. So he's clearly setting up some type of fight or war or confrontation between those two characters in the end. But is it real when you can clearly see Kylo is struggling with his decision and you have to have a character in a movie where you're going to have a, a like this the bad guy has to be a bad guy. He can't be someone who isn't sure on what side of the what side of the uh, the chalk line he's, is going to be on. I think they were left with a decision where well with Snoke being killed off, we can't leave it between Kylo Ren and Rey. We got to bring someone back and and so they were kind of like well let's bring back Palpatine, you know. It kind of fit nice into a a nice little puzzle piece. But I don't know that that was something that they originally would have done if they had planned all three movies at the same time.
1: Yeah, I think, just to put it out there, so J.J. Abrams, Ryan Johnson, and Colin Trevorrow were hired to do the three movies. And they each had their own um, script to write. Uh, and initially, when Lucasfilm was bought by Disney, George Lucas had three story treatments written out for this trilogy. He had a, a journey, a, a kind of a, a, a map ideas, and he used that as a bargaining chip to have Disney buy the, buy Lucasfilm, and for more money. Use it as a bargaining chip for them to pay more money because he's like well I already have these three movies written and so you need to pay me for those and then they got they got the scripts or these treatments and they read them and they didn't like them so then they're like well we're going to go this direction because initially George Lucas was going to be kind of a consultant he was going to help out on you know fleshing out the stories and ideas and things like that but they didn't they didn't like what they were seeing so then they had JJ Abrams and Casden. Yeah. So they ended up writing The Force Awakens. George Lucas gets mad because he's like, wait, you guys said I would help out. You'd use my stories, but now you're not. So then he left. So then they had these three directors. They got going with Ryan Johnson's script and filming and everything. And then Colin Trevorrow drops out after uh, Carrie Fisher dies. Uh, and so the way they had it set up was, Force Awaken was Han Solo's movie, Last Jedi was Luke Skywalker's movie, and then the last one was Princess Leia's movie. But she dies before they can actually film anything. So then they're like, "Oh crap! Now we got to, you know, come up with a new story." Colin Trevorrow couldn't do that, or he didn't want to. I don't know which one. So then that's when he left. They hired J. J. Abrams, and now he's got to come up with a whole new story. Really? or at least use elements from these other things. So part of it's situational. Part of it is they did have a map at the beginning, but they chose not to use it with, you Mm -hmm. know, George Lucas's ideas, so. Interesting. Yeah.
2: I can see that now that you mention it, you know, how, how the first movie kind of followed Han Solo, obviously, and then the second movie, obviously, Rey being trained by Luke, but wasn't trained by Luke, right? Yeah. Cause, she, she, and then, and then the third movie they touch upon Leia. you know, there's, there's an, and I caught it just in the last time, just rewatching it again, the other, the other night, I, I don't think I caught it when, in the movie theater, when I watched it, but Ray refers to Leia as master. And, and I don't think I caught that when I watched it in the movie theater. Um, well i I know i didn't so so they allude to the fact that leia must have been training her to some degree because you know that that term in this universe is is only referenced when a jedi is training a padawan right yeah and um but how much training could could leia really provide but then but then they showed these cutback scenes where Leia and Luke, when they're young, Luke is training Leia when they're young, um, which was I loved. I thought that was yeah. great. I thought that was really neat. But it was interesting uh, that that you tell me that. It, it would be interesting to know, and maybe maybe we do what George Lucas's ideas were for for the three movies.
1: They they haven't released any ideas yet. So you
2: know. yeah, we'll probably never know. Yeah.
1: But I think I think if Carrie Fisher hadn't died, we'd see a little more defining story of how Leia trained Rey. You know, she'd be more involved in that instead of using old footage from Episode 7 to kind of hint at that she's been training her for the past year. You know, I think that'd be more solidified. And I, I have to yeah. give them a pass for that. You know, they did the best they could with what they had at that point. So
0: it's unfortunate, but
1: I don't hold it against
0: them. Now, and actually the way that they they pulled Carrie Fisher in, I I mean there were a couple little parts where it maybe felt a little disconnected or whatever, but overall it was I was a little worried because uh you know when you go to uh um Rogue One when they have kind of that computer generated Princess Leia um it, you know as as is usually the case just a little off yeah. feeling you know and so i wondered how they'd work that into this last movie and using some of that footage and and maybe touching it up a little bit or whatever you know it it was nice to see her right because at the end this was kind of a reunion and kind of uh you know a culmination and and, a, and uh and of everything and so yeah i i agree with you you know it's it I think they handled it as well as they could have, and, and I think it worked out pretty good. Yeah,
1: It
2: did. I, I can't help but wonder, though, you know, one of the my biggest concerns, of course, is the, is the actor's ages. And there's a part of me that can't help but, you know, when I saw Leia on screen and, and even Harrison Ford's character. Hey, don't um, say anything bad about Harrison Ford. <laughs> don't do it. I'm not. I won't, but I, I'll, all I'll say is this, I, I can't help, of course, hindsight's 2020, 20, but maybe what would have been a more appropriate would have been is is instead of making episode one, two, and three when they did, is they should have made seven, eight, and nine back in those in the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. And then and then you're coming back
0: right now, man. <laughs> and
2: then and then how interesting would it be to now get the backstory of of Solo and, and have have the original the, the original ep, episodes one, two and three come out now, but incorporate Solo, the, the standalone Solo movie and the standalone Rogue One movie as part of that trilogy how interesting would have that would that have been to to see it to see how it all started and and leading right up to uh episode four like rogue one did as opposed to being a standalone movie have solo and rogue one and and then and padme and and anakin and and all their stories kind of culminate I, i think that would have been a I think, of course, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I think that would have been better, and then, and so we would have had an episode seven, eight, nine, with a younger Mark Hamill, uh, Carrie Fisher, and Harrison Ford yeah,
1: have like a ten year gap instead of thirty. Maybe.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: so, yeah. All right, well. So, final thoughts. Uh, let's talk about uh, what one thing you liked, one thing you wish would have happened but didn't, and just you know, final thoughts. What you thought about episode nine? Start with you, Nathan.
2: Oh boy. Uh, okay, so something
1: I liked. Yeah, that you like one of your favorite things. Like, I'm so glad that I, I got to see that or something like yeah. that. Yeah.
2: Whew, That's a tough one. <laughs> it's hard to put it there i wouldn't say there was one thing in in any of it that just stood out above all the others but there were a few things that i really uh, enjoyed seeing and that was I, I enjoyed seeing the death star crashed you know underwater and ray in in the emperor's room that was pretty neat uh, i really liked the cutback scene to Luke and Leia, and Luke training Leia to be a Jedi, uh, I appreciated that, and certainly uh, touched on some of the questions regarding Leia and her use of the Force in um, in the past. I really liked the final scene with Ray back on Tatooine, at uh, uh, standing there where Luke grew up, and of course, you know the bittersweet. Uh, this I, I would have liked and and to your second question what I what what I would have liked to have seen uh, I can't help but feel like they missed an opportunity to really show and, and maybe this is intentional but when Ray was you know they show Palpatine literally shooting the lightning from his fingertips and destroying half of the skyline the the power of the dark side was just like really illustrated in that point and how and how powerful it was but you were waiting to see as powerful as that was you're like whoa if if the dark side can be that powerful to for him to be able to do that then what is the the power of the light gonna be and and how amazing it was gonna be and and we, I can't help but feel like they missed an opportunity to really demonstrate the power of the light. I mean, they show Ray get up and you hear all these, these, these voices talking to her as she says, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I, think, she, I think the quote from the movie is, is, she's whispering in her mind, be with me, right? Is that the word? Be with me, be with me. How incredible would it have been to see, you know, all these Force ghosts appear, and maybe logistically it just wasn't possible. But I mean, I mean, with computer animation and they can make Leia look young. How could how easy it would have been to see the power of the light and all these Force ghosts standing behind her and the Emperor to just like have this whole crap look on his face? Yeah, when he sees all of this. All of these Jedi Masters standing behind behind Ray as she, as he's shooting the lightning at her and she's blocking it with the two sabers, pushing it back on him. To see Mace Windu, to see Qui Gon Jinn, to see Anakin, uh, to see Luke, to see Leia, to see them all there. Yoda, wow! I think that was a missed opportunity. And then and then to show more. Than just Luke and Leia at the end there on Tatooine. I, I would have liked to have seen uh, a a a better representation of that,
1: like with it, more Jedi or more Skywalkers yeah, or more.
2: You know, how cool would have been to see Anakin there? You know, to to see because for her to turn and say to that woman. What you know, Rey? Who Rey Skywalker? It it would have been, I think, a little bit more apropos to show maybe a few more Jedi to represent that Skywalker is not just a name, but it's it's what it's a choice, right? Yeah. It's, and that's ultimately what Rey was making, as Luke said
1: to her, "It's not about." God. So, what do you think of the Rey Skywalker at the end? Was that you're like, "Oh yeah, that makes sense," or you're like, "Oh, that's I stupid." Think-
0: I think she should have gone by Palpatine, you know. <laughs> no, I, I think that was probably a good choice for her, you know. Yeah. And, and I guess you know it kind of shows shows her journey. And I, I think Palpatine, he's he's been uh, responsible for quite a few deaths, so you know maybe that was a yeah good idea.
1: Yeah. All right. So what about you, Blake? What uh, What's one thing or a couple things that you're glad that you saw in the movie? and what's one thing you're like oh they totally missed opportunity and just final thoughts on on the movie
0: yeah sure so no i i think you mentioned it earlier uh i think uh giving c3po a, a more endearing part was was really cool you know i i thought that little detour was of of uh you know with him was was really fun i um i do think you know when they rebooted him they should have uh, given him like a deep Australian accent or something like that. Like hey, mate. those are the, those are the factory settings and they yeah. chose that voice or something.
2: He spoke Spanish
0: long ago. That would have been probably pretty good. Spanish,
2: but like a Spanish <laughs> <Yeah>. buzz light <laughs> Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, no, but, but, but I thought that was cool. I, I, I think that there were the, the one thing I wish you mentioned, it was almost like they were, trying to put two movies into one sometimes it felt like and and that's kind of what i i felt a little bit as well you know um there, there were all these little story devices that 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 just went through so quickly you know i i'm thinking you know with with c3po that could have been uh kind of a fun you know some some fun comic relief to you know like a, a star trek 4 kind of thing you know, where he's getting learning and getting back into the group and, and kind of a fish out of a water situation, that would have been fun. And, and then as they kind of went, as they kind of went down that whole, you know, scavenger hunt, treasure hunt kind of, kind of thing. And, and they, you know, they had to, you know, find the, the, the Sith, dagger and they had to find that beacon and and each of those pieces were just they just went through them so quickly and i think each of those could have been kind of a a fun little adventure in in their own you know i think that they found this knife figured out where to go with it and how to use it and pull that little similar thing out and and everything that was like three minutes of the move the movie and, and and a lot of those things i think could have been fun but it it you know, that, that's one thing I would have liked to have seen, you know, if it not that, you know, they could have pulled off two movies or whatever. But 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 I think they had a lot of great devices and a lot of great opportunities to to show the three of them, Ray, Poe and, and Finn, you know, kind of interacting through these things. Had they given them a little bit more time, I, I think it would have been a lot more fun and it felt a little bit hurried through some of that. Yeah. But.
1: Okay. Yeah, I think for me, one of the things that I'm really glad I saw, I think you guys mentioned a lot of them, the the Sith lightning there with Palpatine at the end. That was truly unlimited power. We finally got to, to see what he was, what his goal always was, and just how powerful he could be. I really liked how the movie expanded upon the the Sith, the Sith uh, culture, I guess you could say. Uh, they had all those Sith acolytes there on Exegol there at the end and we see that the line from episode three where um palpatine says you know the dark side is a pathway to many things that some people find to be unnatural and we see that he he is he creates clones of, of snoke of himself so that he his spirit can to live there within those bodies and that's covered in the books where um, they describe how when he fell down the shaft in Return of the Jedi, that his he thrust his essence or his spirit out of his body, and it made its way to Exegol where they were preparing bodies and, and things like that that he could inhabit. So they kind of expanded on all that, and we got to see more of the Sith and what their, I don't know if everyday life is the right term, but you know more of their going-ons. So I really, I was really glad to see that. Glad to see Lando back. Wish he could have been more involved. Um, and then he's too old. Yeah, you could you could tell it in this film. <laughs> he was always yeah. sitting down <laughs> in his scenes. So, but he's it was still good cool though. It. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's the coolest. And then one thing that I wish I could have seen more of is what Nathan was talking about with the. The Force Ghosts. I think that I too think that was a missed opportunity. We definitely needed to see, at least at the very end when uh, Ray's at the homestead, have Luke, Leia, Anakin, maybe even Ben Solo there, Han Solo there, you know, just the family. Because at the beginning of The Force Awakens, Ray was waiting for her family. She wanted it to be long, wanted to be with her family. Then we find out her family is the Palpatines and they're a bunch of murderers and dark And so well, I guess her parents weren't, but you know, that's the lineage that she comes from. And so she didn't she didn't have a family. The Skywalkers accepted her. So we should have seen at least the Skywalkers there at the end saying, We approve. Yeah. I'm glad you took our name type thing. And then also to have seen the Jedi like you were talking about earlier. There at the end, that end battle, I think that was a missed opportunity as well. So, uh, But as far as my final thoughts, um, I'm glad, I'm kind of glad it's over. Because there's there's been a lot of <laughs> YouTube videos and people just, oh, I hate it. Oh, I love it. It's just like this constant controversy over a property and uh, movies that I really enjoy. So I'm glad that yeah. part's over i, I there's a part of me though that wants ten eleven twelve wants the story to continue I want to see more um, but i think I think they'll go back to it so their their plan is to branch out and do other parts other corners of the galaxy type thing I think that'll be cool but it's not it's not going to be the same and I think the financial part the financial gain will reflect that so I think they'll go back to it at some point but hopefully I'm not like eighty years old and don't really care about Star Wars anymore but so I I want to see more of the story but we'll see where it goes I thought it was a a fitting ending sure there could have been better it could have been different but I I like what we got and I enjoy it I enjoy rewatching I've watched it probably twice on home video and I've enjoyed it both times
2: I have I've watched it um I haven't watched any of the uh, additional, you know, featurettes, you know, the making of or behind the scenes stuff. So I don't, I don't know what's involved in those. But, but uh, I, I obviously I, I will. But yeah, I'm like you. I, I kind of like. I'm I'm glad it's over, but I, I don't want I don't want the universe to end. You know, and and maybe in the future we can kind of talk about that. Uh, if there's an opportunity, I, I love the Mandalorian series. I think yeah. it's great, and I, and uh, I would have loved to have the, the the creators and directors and the story writers behind that series. It would be would have been interesting to if if there was some collaboration on their part because I think they really represent you know individuals like us who, if they had a say or hand in and how these movies could have been made. Um, not that I don't like them. I, I, I like them, but, but some, some some content and or approaches uh, and, and a more grittier approach. But, but like you, Justin, I hope there is a 10, 11, and 12, but they're not. and maybe you maybe you don't mean this, but how great would it be? I can't help but think like let's 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 fast forward the, the, into the universe a hundred years. And the Jedi are, are something that don't ex- haven't existed for eons. And we get introduced to all new characters in a completely whole new uh, universe. And, 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 and all of that is just legend in books. And they, they bring the Force back, but they bring it back in just small, really small doses, right? And, uh, and it's like starting
0: it all over again. But anyways.
1: Very Interesting.
0: With better Wi-Fi, right?
1: Yeah, <laughs> don't have to
0: plug into everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that would be cool. Like that, the whole the whole uh, Skywalker thread, though. It, I think we saw that a little bit with Solo. That the audience didn't really respond quite as quite yeah. as well to that, just because it was missing that real intimate connection. And I'm with you guys. I, I'd love to see him kind of revisit it at some point, and. And, uh, you know, maybe another 10 years from now and it can start a fight between Ashton and his wife. And <laughs> yeah, you know, the cycle can continue. Yep.
1: All right. Well, I want to thank you guys for joining me on my podcast, The Credible Nerds. And glad to have you. I talked for a good at least an hour and a half, hour and 40 minutes of Star Wars. So can't get better than that. Uh, so thank you guys for joining us hopefully we'll have you back at some point in the future and for those listening definitely follow us on social media on twitter instagram facebook just do a search for credible nerds join us there join in on the conversation give us some feedback leave some comments on this episode and as always you can support us on patreon patreon.com slash thecrediblenerds And you can hear bonus content, bonus episodes, and get more Credible Nerds. So thank you guys for joining us. And for Nathan and Blake, we'll catch you next time. Thanks.
0: See growing up I, I, I remember uh um, my dad when I was it was well I was eighty five so I was nine years old and uh he took me to Rambo <laughs> you know? And so from that day on and I mean Rambo's like rated R yeah. like the real deal. <laughs> yeah. And he took me to Rambo. I don't know why, but um but anyway, so I got hooked on Stallone and, and so you know I I completely get the passion because I just made my kids watch Rocky One again like a week ago. Nice, and uh, and then my daughter, then JC told me today. She's like, "Dad, you're gonna hate what I'm about to say." And I said, <laughs> "What? What are you gonna say?" She says, "Well, Rocky One is basically the exact same movie as Nacho Libre, not Nacho Libre. Nacho you- Libre." <laughs> and uh, you're like, "No, it's the I other love way both around." Movies. And I was like, "But yeah, this is the other way around. Every movie's like Rocky. Yeah. You don't get it." <laughs> but anyway, we'll
1: have to do a Stallone podcast. There you go. Oh, yeah.
0: I can talk all I night about that.
1: that.
2: I heard that yeah. Blake is Blake is but... the ultimate Rocky fan. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: like I say, you know, I always pick. I could have picked transformer toys but i picked he-man you know (laughs) i could have picked you know whatever but i picked stallone and so anyway like in college i did a we had to do a like a 15 minute presentation it was on sylvester stallone so yeah you should have come
2: with justin and i to uh the last salt lake uh fan x we met dolph lundgren yeah I got his oh arm. yeah,
0: he was there. That's he was. The,
2: we met and talked to him. He, uh, he's a, He's not. He's not as big. You know, in Rocky, in Rocky Four, he looks like he's seven feet tall. And don't Rocky's get me wrong, he's like 5'4". Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well,
0: like five. Yeah, five six or five, so, six. Five, yeah. Seven.
2: yeah. And Dolph Lundgren, he's probably six two, six three. Uh, so he's tall, but. But, I mean, he looks like Andre the Giant, right, when, yeah. when he's fighting Rocky. I mean, he's just, like, towers over him. Um, isn't it funny, though, how some of these big Hollywood stars, you know, like Sylvester Stallone and Tom Cruise, you know, how uh,
1: they're,
2: like, yeah, um, how they're not very they're not very tall. How tall is Arnold Schwarzenegger? I thought he was normal height. Is he short too?
1: He's under six feet. Oh yeah. Like five, Interesting. Nine, five eleven, I think. Yeah. Right. Anyways.